Hi, and welcome. I'm your host, Nicole Kane, and you're listening to Home and Place Podcast, where we translate theory to practice, create cross-discipline conversations, and share industry secrets used to create beautiful spaces that promote health, creativity, and the ability to age in place. I'm glad you're here. Today I'm talking with Kaylee Massey. Kaylee is a practicing artist with an extensive background developing and facilitating creative programs. She graduated from Nova Scotia College of Art and Design University with a major in fine art. Over the last three years, she's dedicated her time to developing art programs for an older population. Through her business, Artful Aging, she works closely with older adult communities to implement person-centered art programs that aim to enhance quality of life for residents and provide opportunities for self-expression. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I am really, really excited that we're here and we're going to have this really important conversation all about creativity. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start with your origin story. How did you become interested in art? Was this something that you found in childhood? So I've had an interest in art ever since I can remember. Um, I started painting when I was a little kid. And then after high school, I just kind of naturally graduate or gravitated towards an art program. Um, I went to NASCAD, which is the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design University, a bit of a mouthful, um, in Halifax. And I studied fine art there. And I took all their painting courses and uh, all their drawing courses there. Hmm. And, and how did you transition into working with older adults? So after school, um, I spent some time working. I managed an art studio for children, kind of on the opposite uh, end of the spectrum. And then I moved out west to Calgary. Um, and there, I started working for this company called United Active Living. Uh, they build and operate older adult homes. And they're really what's really interesting about the company is they're incredibly innovative um, in terms of the program side of what they offer for the residents. So they have a full-size art studio in all of their homes, as well as full-time artists. Wow. So that is really unheard of in most um, older adult communities. So I started working for them, and I was working there full-time, and I was developing art programs for for the residents, and more specifically um, for their memory care program. So I was doing um, art programs specifically for people with dementia. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, and, and I saw the benefits of it, and, and I really became passionate about it. And it was something that I just kind of fell into, and I never even thought was a job before, you know? Um, and then, so after that, I moved back to Ontario um, last year. And because it's not really a job anywhere else, um, I started my own company uh, called Artful Aging. And essentially I do the same thing as what I was doing with the other company where I'm developing and facilitating art programs for older adults. Um, but now I'm going from different communities and uh, implementing community-specific art programs um, that 
kind of highlight the benefits of art making for an older population. Oh, how fantastic. And we were talking recently about there's this famous study called the Creativity and Aging Study. And what these researchers looked at was a art program, a cultural program that was run by a professional artist versus participation in community programs just in general. And it was this fascinating, fascinating results that came out of this three-year-long study. And I can put a link to the study in the show notes for people who are interested in it. But they looked at two primary primary components. One is sense of control, which means a sense of mastery in what people are doing, and social engagement, which is interpersonal interactions with others. And not changing anything else in these adults' lives, not changing any of their medication, not changing any part of their environment, not changing any of their other social interactions that they have on a daily basis, but just participation in this um, this program that's run by professional artists. There was an I was just blown away by the findings, how their overall health increased, how the doctor's visits reduced using prescription medication and over-the-counter medications reduced, falls declined, morale improved, depression improved, and loneliness improved as compared to the control group that they had for this study. And it was, I mean, I'm just, I'm still just blown away by what their findings were in this study. And I'd, um, I'd love to, to, to hear more. Like, um, I know that you reference this study and you use this often in your work, but I'd love to just hear more about what you're seeing with your participants in your program too. Yeah, it's an incredible resource looking back through the creative aging study that Jean Cohen did. Um, I definitely uh, use a lot of uh, what came from the study in my work uh, on a daily basis. Like that sense of control that you were talking about um, and those feelings of mastery are so integral to having people enjoy the art making process and if people enjoy it they're more likely to participate and they're more likely to to kind of uh, come back again and again to these programs. Um, the social engagement aspect is really important as well. Um, isolation, social isolation is a huge uh, risk factor for people as they age, um, combating so um, isolation is is part of what I do as well. And art making can be an opportunity for people to engage with others, um, especially even in a in an older adult community. You can be isolated. People um, will just stay in their rooms. They won't participate in programming. Um, so to be able to kind of pull people out and engage with the community is really important. Um, I was actually, I can't remember the study, but I heard recently that um, one of the main factors to living a long, healthy life is uh, these social interactions that you have. That was actually the number one factor. So that, that and that kind of can be for any type of programming, but um, in this case, um, what I like to do to implement social engagement is do some collaborative artworks. Mm. Um, yeah, so a lot of, which is I find is really great for people um, with memory impairment. Um, they tend to gravitate towards the collaborative arts because the it kind of makes the art making process a little less intimidating when you're doing something as a group sometimes. 
um, there's less pressure on you to produce because you're you're doing it as a group. Um, can yeah. you can you talk about a collaborative art project that you um, that comes to mind? So, some of the ones that we have done, uh, we do a lot of collage, and I tend to work a lot with uh, to do a lot of mixed media, but um, more specifically, working a lot with watercolors. I find because um, they they aren't very messy. Um, they, the, the results of watercolor are absolutely stunning, even if you have little to no experience. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a less intimidating uh, material to use. And uh, yeah, so we will do watercolor um, pieces and then we'll kind of combine them all into one large piece. So we did one, um, I've done this actually several times where everybody paints a bird and then we cut them out and we collage them all into this big tree. Um, and it's it's a really satisfying feeling when everybody's watching as we put them all together and it, it all comes into one large piece and there's this feeling of pride and um, and that feeling of mastery again uh, that I think is instilled in the participants. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's really incredible to see um, the positive uh, outcomes of that type of project. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Uh, do you ever encounter adults who have um, some sort of stigma around making art or creating some sort of art? I think the stigma around, uh, there's anybody, most people, most adults, whether they're young adults or older adults, um, a lot of people like either put them in themselves into a category of I'm creative or I'm not creative. Mm -hmm. And what I try to do is kind of bridge that gap and say, uh, try to show people how they are creative. So um, building that creative confidence in people by talking about situations where they're actually creative on a daily basis. Do you hang photos in your house? Do you cook? Do you... Uh, garden, like all these other areas where they are potentially creative in their life um, that they maybe don't realize. And that intimidation factor for art making is always there regardless how of how old you are. Um, it can be a barrier. So I, what I like to do with my programs is when I'm working with people initially is I introduce them into a program through a step-by-step uh, project and that kind of takes down the t intimidation factor because it's a it's supposed to be a failure-free project um, and it moves at the pace of the participants so it hopefully um, people aren't as afraid to, to kind of delve into the project that way. Yeah and so step by step would that be you have everyone has a piece of paper and then you you're guiding them as to what marks to make first or second, or how, how would that work as a step-by-step -step process? So I'd have a, um, a project and I would show them the, the kind of finished result. Okay. And that is, that's just as everything, every, all the instructions that I give people, all these step-by-step -step are merely suggestions. Um, if people want to go off and kind of explore in their own direction, I always applaud that because 
uh, really I'm just giving them a place, uh, like a jumping point. Um, so yeah, so I, I would give them step-by-step -step instructions, um, explaining them, explaining the materials and how to use them, and this is building that creative confidence in them. And in the end, hopefully, uh, they come out with something that they're they're proud of and they're surprised by themselves. They're surprised that they could make something like that. Oh. And I hear that all the time, and that's the feeling I want to leave people with. You know. Um, I want people to have a good feeling and a sense of pride in, um, in what they've made. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that so much. So this is a wonderful segue because I would love to hear some stories of your participants and what they've, um, either what they've created or, or how they've uh, changed and view themselves differently. And do you have any stories of um, participants that really stood out to you? So I was running a program um, that was similar to the Meet Me at MoMA program, which mm -hmm. is a, um, a program done by the Museum of Modern Art. And they bring in people with dementia and their caregivers to view artworks and talk about them. And I was running a program similar to this in a home where we were looking at artworks on a projector screen um, because accessibility is a major issue not being able to get out to a gallery um, is can be a barrier for people. Mm -hmm. So doing something in-house uh, on a screen works really well. And um, I had, we had some participants there that weren't, uh, didn't usually engage in a lot of the programs that we had. They, um, they weren't very vocal. They didn't really like to socialize. Um, they were, we had one woman who was kind of mid mid to late stage dementia, and she, um, yeah, she was very reluctant to participate, especially in art programs. Um, but when we had this program where we were talking about art, so it kind of removed removed the messiness of the art making. Um, she flourished. Mm -hmm. She because we were looking at artworks and we were talking about them. Your, her opinion. There was nothing, nothing that she could say was wrong. You know, it was a, um, it was a really safe environment, and even if she hated the painting, um, it was an amazing experience for her because she was engaging with other residents. She was, uh, it was a great stimulant for, uh, for her and all the other participants, um, and we got into some really amazing conversations about art. Um, that's also, that was also a really nice, um, way for people to participate in art without having to, to make art, you know, having the, the discussion side of it. Yeah. And I, I love that, that viewing and talking about art can have as much of an impact and benefit to people as creating the art. And exactly. Yeah, I just I love that so, so much. Um, do you have any advice for people how to reach out to someone like you in their area or um, how to look for programs or what to search for, how to connect with programs like this and like what you're doing or what um, they should be doing at home on their own? It just um, yeah. at home on your own, like I think a lot of more people are. I know coloring books and things like that have become more popular. Um, even going, like, if people are able to, going out to art galleries, 
um, looking at artwork, um, but also if you can uh, and you're able to get out to some local community art programs, a lot of the places that I go to are uh, are owned by companies. So the recreational therapist or the programming coordinator will bring um, artists and facilitators in to do programs like that. But I think even reaching out to local artists and asking if they're able to do private lessons in your home, mm. if you're not able to leave your home, is a great way to participate in art. Um, I've been working with one woman um, who has mid-stage dementia, and I've been going to her home and, and doing some private one-to-one lessons with her. And, and when I first started seeing her about eight months ago, she was really uncomfortable. She didn't under, She didn't know why I was there. She actually felt like she had to host me. She was always trying to get make me tea and things like that, which made me feel badly because I, I didn't want to make her do the work. You know, I was I was there to do that, but um, she was really uncomfortable about making art. Uh, she was really hesitant about every mark that she made on the canvas. Um, but I've been working with her a few days a month for the last year now, and she. Now when I come in, she's, she starts moving things off the table. She's getting things ready for to set up our easel, and and she's making decisions on what type of project she would like to do. And she is she remembers me, and she remembers the good feeling that she has when she's painting, which is has been incredible uh, to see the stages that she's gone through in her relationship with art. That is remarkable. It's like you're affecting her on a on a deeper level, some sort of more deeply rooted level that she's she's remembering you and remembering the feeling. That's wonderful. Yeah, and that's the whole like the whole goal is to implement art into people's lives and creativity into people's lives in a way that it's not just a one time thing. It's it's your it's almost like. Uh, getting into an exercise routine. You know, if you work out once, there's not going to be much of a change. But if you implement an exercise routine a couple times a week, you you really notice the benefits and you really see the change and you actually start to enjoy it and you kind of start to get a little addicted to it. So, and you, and you, you want it more, you know, you want to explore it more. So that's how I feel. Um, it, that's the way it is with art. Um, if the more that you do it, the more you can explore other areas of art making. It's, it's such a vast um, area to explore. So that's why I think that people hopefully should uh, can implement it in their lives that way. Oh, I love it. I love it. And um, and I just think of the socialization piece that is so important to humans. I mean, we're social animals, like like you mentioned before, and we need that socialization piece and how these groups like you're running can combine so much this sense of mastery and control and the social engagement that's really important. And also the um, the reliability 
the yeah. this is going to happen every week and this is something that I am looking forward to and participating in it's getting me dressed it's getting me out of the house it's getting me into the sunshine it's getting me outside and the benefits of doing those things are so vast and important as well and the people like at some of the groups that I've been working with one of the groups in particular the uh, it's like you said now it's this it's this group that um they, they come every week, and even if they're not making art, they're conversing and they're talking about it. Or, or we start getting into uh, maybe perhaps like the art project that we're working on, it sparks memories, and people start recalling um, similar feelings that they had or a place that they've been that the, the project that reminded them of. And then it just creates this really rich um, environment uh, which for for socialization and just for people to build relationships with uh, like their peers or other people um, that they live with as well in the community. Absolutely. So in the U.S., for people to find art programs like this, the the first place I think of is their local area agency on aging. So every county in the U.S. has an area agency on aging that you can reach out to, and also um, local senior centers in cities will have resources like this and if people are artists and they are wanting to start a program like that can they reach out to you or how should how should artists go about starting something like this yeah they're more than welcome to reach out to me i'm I'm always talking with people in the field uh to collaborate with um and to just kind of bounce ideas off of each other and uh yeah so they're welcome to reach out to me and I, like I know here in Canada, you can it's a, it's very similar. You can go to your kind of local community libraries to get resources like this. Uh, even like local art studios, I think, are starting to have more um, older adult friendly programming. Uh, so that would be a good resource as well. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. I am just delighted to have this conversation. I think that creativity and expressing yourself with art and having this sense of control and mastery is just incredibly important. And I'm so thankful to have this dialogue today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to Kaylee. Through her business, Artful Aging, she works closely with older adult communities to implement person-centered art programs that aim to enhance quality of life for residents and provide opportunities for self-expression. You can connect with Kaylee through her website, artfulaging.com, A-R-T-F-U-L-L-A-G-I-N-G.com. She's also on social media. Find her on Instagram and Facebook, both at Artful Aging. Thank you for listening to Home and Place Podcast. You can find links to the topics we discussed on the website, homeandplacepodcast.com. I'm your host, Nicole Kane. I'm an occupational therapist, environmental gerontologist, and certified aging in place specialist. I'm also the owner of Home and Place Project, providing holistic home improvements for aging in place. To connect, collaborate, or just find out more about me and my work, please visit my website, homeandplaceproject.com. Special thanks to the Audio Information Network of Colorado for broadcasting this episode to their radio listeners. Find out more on their website, aincolorado.org. And finally, thank you to Delia Potts of Northfield, Minnesota for composing and performing this original music. Take us home, Delia.